This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. And today I'm talking to Scott Lawson, who is the founder and MD of TrackPal. Hello, Scott. Hello. Let's start off by you telling me just a little bit about what uh, TrackPal does. Uh, TrackPal is basically an automated data aggregation and reporting software solution for marketing professionals. Um, it's designed to simplify the process of collecting data and reporting on it for, for a variety of purposes. So we, we take out a lot of the, the boring work uh, that marketers have to do to reports. Now, I know you've got some some quite solid views on getting this balance between uh, sort of the creative and the tech, if you like. Before we go into that, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the history of, of you and how you got started with TrackPal. Yeah, so about um, uh, six years ago, I was working at an agency where I saw a need for this particular solution because there was a lot of time being wasted in copying and pasting data from various places and, and putting into PowerPoint reports and things like that. And um, there weren't solutions on the market for this, and and it was something that most agencies were having problems with. So um, as as a developer, I decided that um, there was a better way. So I started TrackPal about five years ago, and I've since been it's been growing ever since. So basically, it started with with an idea and a need, um, basically to save people time and, and in turn money, so that they weren't um, wasting a lot of time doing manual work and, and could instead focus on doing more creative and, and analytical work which is much more valuable to their clients. Now, the interesting thing about you, Scott, is that obviously you're a developer, but you're also into marketing, and you've also been a filmmaker. You're like me. You're a combination of the tech and the creative. You've got three main things. The first notion, because I know we had a pre-chat about this, is this notion of combining the creative and the tech in terms of a marketing approach, wasn't it? Yeah, so so as someone as as you mentioned, I, I've previously made uh, films. I studied engineering, so I, I've I've sort of um, quite familiar with the sciences and the arts, um, and I've always been somewhat creative, but also in a technical way. So that's sort of I guess how I ended up in in software. And yeah, so but I guess what I believe has worked well for us and for a lot of other companies out there, especially in in Brighton, is when creative people are combined with technical people. Um, because they can utilise both of those skill sets to create products and campaigns that are much more interesting than either just purely creative-led ones or purely technical-led ones. Uh, and this is something that's been going on for, for quite a while. It's, it's, it's how Steve Jobs started Apple. He yeah. set that mindset. Um, again, it's how the filmmaking process works. You have technical and creative people together. And as the uh, Wide Sussex Fuse Box uh, report mentioned last year, I think they call it superfuse companies that that combine technical and creative skills together had grown uh, much more than other companies. And presumably, Scott, this is something you've got to personal experience in. Yes. So basically, um, when I created the product product from the start, um, design was important, making it simple for for users to use, so that most of the actual technical clever part of the tool is actually behind the scenes. So so as far as so when it comes to using it, it's about making it as simple as possible for them to use so they can actually spend the time being creative themselves, use the information to analyze it for the trends and, and various other things. That's something that computers are less good at than humans is, um, is actually looking at information and, f- and finding patterns that actually have meaning um, as opposed to just random patterns that computers pick up on. I think it's really easy to forget actually sometimes that, uh, and I've seen this happen in so many different places and my 
in my long and varied, I nearly said checkered, in my long and varied career. But so it's very easy to kind of forget that the computers are there to help us and do the grunt work, the boring, repetitive things, leaving the human beings free to do the creative stuff. And I think that applies very much to marketing as well. Interesting notion as well about focusing on the information that matters on a few key metrics. I don't know if it's so popular now, but quite recently there was a lot of talk about sort of big data and that actually could be quite distracting. I and mean, what's your experience of that? Yeah, so there is, a, there is a need for big data solutions out there, but generally they are for bigger companies that have lots of information um, that, that, that are trying to process, especially text information or, or data that's not just numbers and, and simple sort of structured data. Um, but for most people, that can overcomplicate problems and they can end up with too much information and, and not really know what to, to make of it. So, um, so that's why it's key to focus on the information that's actually relevant to you as a, as a business or as an individual um, so that you don't get distracted by what could be possible. Um, it's best to be sort of focused on what you actually need. Um, and then that's when you end up with better solutions because they're, they're serving a need. That's one of the critical things is actually it, it should be helping you in your job rather than just being a tool that that's confusing, which is what, what you mentioned before about computers should be there to help us be creative. So really big data should be used as a tool. You know, it should be automated as much as possible and then just picking out the bits that are, that are relevant. Yeah, it should never be the starting point of a, of a, um, of a solution. It, should, it, it may well be that you do find that you do need a big data solution, um, but it shouldn't be where you start. You shouldn't start with, oh, right, we need to implement big data in our organisation. It should start with, right, we need to solve this particular problem. And then it might turn out that you do need big data software to help with that. Um, but that's where it should start with is what are you trying to achieve? Generally, for smaller organisations, it's quite unlikely that they will need big data, especially with uh, computer processing power increasing at the speed it does, that existing technologies do what people need for smaller tasks. So um, it's amazing now what your phone has in, in processing power compared to what computers did, say, 10 years ago. So that's why big data is really sort of more for the big players, who, um, uh, which it may well be that smaller businesses do use big players that do use big data, but as far as they're concerned, they don't really need to know what solutions and what technology the big players are using because at the end of the day, it's, it's what they get out of the tool that matters, not the technology behind it. It's funny, actually, what you were saying, because it reminds me, you could almost carry that analogy through to everyday life and the, the modern generation and the absolute reams of data we have being part of the World Wide Web. It's kind of a reflection of that because we have to sort through that. And there is this notion of uh, data overload, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, information overload, especially when it comes to everything from the news, like with 24-7 news channels that are constantly sort of beaming information to us about what's going on that may or may not be relevant to us. and um, and with that too much information, it's really hard to know what's actually important to you um, because, you know, in, in this age, you, you can know exactly what's going on in the world at any moment. But, you know, is that relevant to you? Is that actually going to distract you from your, from your job, from your life? Or is it actually, or can you use that information in a, in a good way? Yes, it's all about focus. Now, there's a phrase that, uh, I don't know if, were you the first person to use this phrase? Were you the designer of it? Creative-led, data-proven. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm the first person to use it. It's just one that I, I came up with. I didn't really Google around to see if um, if many people were using it. Um, I wrote it on a wrote about it on a LinkedIn post, um, but basically talking about how it's you should always start with a creative idea and then use data to prove whether it's successful or not. Um, so 
I guess as an example of, for instance, maybe a um, a TV campaign. So if you're making a, an ad, you, you need to come up with a creative idea about what the ad's going to be about. Um, and then if you want to know if that actually was successful, you need to have some metrics that you can measure that by. So if it's if it's for brand awareness, it might be about you know about getting visits to your website, or if it's for you know a sale of a product, it might be conversions. Um, so it's always important to start with a creative idea and then use data to prove how successful that was so that in the future, when you go to future projects, you know what works and what doesn't work and you can learn from both your failings and both your successes as well. And it's also important to learn from from what was successful. There's a big sort of, um, a lot of talk about you know, learning from failures, but often people forget to actually learn from what works as well. So um, it's important to learn from both of those things. And we've talked about these three concepts, sort of the the joining of creative and tech and the sort of focusing on the information that's important, and then this creative-led data-proven approach. Do you think that those three things are being observed equally from like small businesses to large businesses, or do you think that the problem lies more with the smaller end or the larger end? Well, I guess the large companies have the budgets to spend on on these things and often can then as a lot of money can be wasted on on developing projects that um, don't really end up going anywhere because they often put technology first and then try and make it fit into a need rather than having a need and then um, working out which technology will fit that. So I'd say it's probably generally more of a problem with bigger organisations, but I think there's for smaller organisations, they, they feel that they need to be doing this as well because it's what everyone else is doing, but um, often that's not always the best approach and that can lead to to bubbles of you know, where there's like a tech bubble, for instance, um, because everyone's sort of focusing on something that's not necessarily that beneficial, but eventually it will probably um, probably burst. Well, Scott, thanks for that. It was a very philosophical discussion today, but I was just interested in your three views there. How can people find out about you and TrackPal? They can find out about TrackPal on our website at uh, trackpal.com. I also post uh, quite regularly on LinkedIn, um, so I can be found on there. And that's probably the best places to, to find me. And so that's it for today. Brought to you by Site Visibility, of course, at sitevisibility.co.uk. And if you want to look at the show notes, you'll find us on the sitevisibility.com website forward slash IM podcast. You'll also find us in iTunes and Stitcher. And if you want to contact us, it's uh, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And we also have a telephone hotline, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh. So that's it from me, Andy White, and it's goodbye from Scott. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. What's new in podcasting? Here's what we love, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being completely straight mm-hmm. and 10 being completely gay, what number are you? Um. You know, I don't think that you should rank how gay they are. I guess, I, you know, that's just a little of a red, just a flag for me. Come on, come out. A weekly podcast where real lesbians tell their real coming out stories. You can find Come On, Come Out on your favorite podcatcher out now. Go listen. ACAST, A-cast, A-cast, A-cast recommends. recommends.